Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's your update this week? This week, I think I'm doing the same thing that you did last week, which was piggyback on the habits Ooh. episode. I feel like there's a theme here in our lives. I'm trying to <laughs> mix we're up our still routines. In like, we're in early 2020. I'm like, why am I seeing all these habits <laughs> articles? And of course, this is why I'm seeing all these habits surprise, articles. Surprise, surprise. Shock, shock, shock. I love that they're all focused on habits, too, and not like New Year's resolution because oh, everybody's yeah. like... We're trying to change. We're over this. Exactly. So I came across, it was probably on Twitter, and I love me some Twitter, but it's a Harvard Business Review online article um, called To Achieve Big Goals, Start With Small Habits. And I really, I was like, oh, another one of these. Like, I know I need to break it down, blah, 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 chunks, whatever. And so I read it anyway, because <laughs> I was like, I can't resist. And this woman, Sabina Nawaz, is how I'm going to, I apologize, I may have butchered that, but she's a coach and she wrote this article and what it came down to was to build, like, to achieve big goals, not even like build habits, but specifically thinking about how we um, create goals and then move forward with them without doing like a full 180 of the way that we do things. Because we know that that's kind of not sustainable is the way we usually do things is like, I see the goal, I'm going to 180 my life to achieve the goal. So it'll not only happen in no time, but it'll also totally change the way I am and who I am as a person. And that's just like, not going to work. (laughs) And I feel like I've not only just like been there, but I've also thought, um, I didn't recognize how to achieve big goals. I've achieved like incremental goals, I Mm -hmm. think. But the way she talks about it that I really appreciated was to really think about what is the micro goal to start the process. Like not just smaller goal, but like micro. She's like, the way you want to think about it, it's not small enough until you think it's a waste of time. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Because why would we do it if we think it's a waste of time? But she was like, somebody who wants to do, who wants to get to the gym, but they just can't like get themselves there. She's like, I told them to start with two pushups a night, just two every night. And they did it, but they scaled too quickly. So they were like overdoing just two. So they went to five a night, then 10. And then they started trying to go to the gym. And after like two months, they stopped because they scaled too quickly. Like you have to be so over your micro goal that you are like going to like beat your face into a wall. And I was like, that feels so counterproductive, but I want to try it because I want to think about like, I firstly need to think about like what my goals are, but I want to really, I think the hardest part is going to be figuring out what the micro goal is. Like what is so small that it feels like a waste of time. And I don't know the answer to that, but I was really intrigued by it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a fun challenge to think about. It's like drinking more water. What would the micro goal be of drinking more water? Like drinking an eight ounce glass or like a six ounce glass, like once a day, that feels like it wouldn't even matter. <laughs> but if you think about what motivates you is like wanting to do better and all of these things right? and how that might be able to add up to like a sustainable habit. Um, after you get like so sick and tired of doing that tiny, like fees, like what feels like totally insignificant micro goal, but like your body wants to do more at some point. Yeah. So, and then you're like, and then, and then it like craves it. 
Right. So I was like... Such an interesting way to think about it. I know. And we'll share this article, but I was just really excited about it. She also talked about like doing a <clears throat> a yes list and just saying all the days that you did the thing you said you wanted to do and just putting a yes or no. <laughs> like, it's so stupid and small, but you think about it and you're like, if I saw a calendar with all the yeses for the thing that I said I wanted to do, that's highly motivating yeah. to keep me doing it day after day after day, especially if it's a micro goal. So I was like, just super taken with this article. And it's really implementable things. It's not like you have to, again, like the whole point is not having to turn your whole life over to make it happen. So we'll share this. I would love to hear people's thoughts, but I think that's what I, I want to firstly figure out what my, my achieve big, my big goal that I'd like to achieve is, and then challenge myself to figure out what that super seemingly insignificant micro goal is. Yeah. So stay tuned. I'm so excited to hear about this. This is so interesting to Isn't me. It? I like need to read the article and absorb it because it's like, it feels silly. It feels like some, like taking something so big and making it like molecular. I just my brain doesn't want to do it. Doesn't even know how. Because that's like beyond chunking a thing out. Yeah. Right. Like that goes beyond chunking it out. That's like, it's I'm like, tr- put your shoes next to the bed. Right. Put your shoes on. What, like, does that feel... But even that feels too big. Maybe it is too big. Right? So she goes into, Think about like, the gym. Right. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, like, I'd like to eat less dessert. That's, like, a thing that I'd like to do. But I don't know what my micro goal is. Is to just not... Because I'm not the type of person that's going to tell myself to never eat dessert again. Like, that's not ever going to work for me. But is it, like, give yourself dessert three days a week is that appropriate maybe it's like eat one morsel of a cookie yeah to like get over it (laughs) i don't know so sabina you might be hearing from me for some extra so many cues yeah so just like (laughs) crazy town so we'll share this that's so interesting um queenspeaking.com slash 106 106 what uh what is your update Bron? well as I pursue my future cookbook dreams mm. and work toward a new cooking goal for the year, so not chunking things out in small, actual <laughs> things. <laughs> but really, uh, this was a big thing that I wanted to start doing was just the act of starting to write down my recipes. Yep. And so I had this idea in all of 2019 that I would just one day write them down. Yeah. Like I would just sit down and be like, all right. Let's do this. And I didn't do it once. Like the it's too enti- daunting. Like truly the entire year. You looked back and there was nothing there. And I was like, whoops. <laughs> but it, it lived in my brain. And so in 2020, I reapproached this idea. And I was like, how can I do this in a way that makes sense based on my flow mm. when I'm cooking? Yep. And so I have successfully written down all of the recipes that I've made in the new year wow. so far, which is like Impressivo. bonkers. That it's is like bonkers. 12 plus recipes so far. And that's like stuff that I make consistently. It's not like every meal we've ever cooked. Right. But still, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's stuff that I have my own version of a thing. Mm-hmm. So essentially the, the way I broke it down was like, okay, what's my process? 
I open, I pull up a recipe that's like the inspiration for the thing. Just like usually it's more about like portion size of like, is I can't remember, is it a half of a cup or a quarter of a cup, whatever. So I usually just have it up while I'm cooking as like a reference point. Good, yeah. And then I know that there are things that I'll toss in either like leftover stuff that I have in the fridge that I know would go well with the recipe or I've like adapted it oh, okay. based on things that I think would be good or improvements to said recipe. And so I have started with the meal prep process of like, so what I do is write down all of the dishes that I want to make for the week. It could be, you know, three things or like a slow cooker recipe that'll last us for three days, whatever. So um, I'll write that down and then I'll get all the ingredients and then I start making the recipe and then I write after I'm done with the recipe, so I know exactly the ingredients that I used and exactly the process. Yes. And so I've taken a thing that I've made hundreds of times and then writing down the thing that I'm doing. That's the way to do it, though. And the ingredients I use. So I do it immediately afterward while everything is still fresh in my brain. Good. And usually it's while the I've, like, done the dishes and I'm, like, waiting 30 more minutes for the stuff. Like, what else am I going to do? Right. Instead of scrolling on my phone, I'm writing down my recipe... And now I have a bunch of recipes in my book. That's awesome. And such a good use of time. Like, you feel like at some point you just get tired of scrolling your phone. So to, like, have maintained the process and made it work for you, all of those things are, like, the taking away of the friction to actually do the thing. And what's cool, too, is that, especially because of the time of the year, the way that these recipes are being added to this notebook that I have that you gave me. So thank you for helping me with the goal. Almost two two years ago? Yes. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's being used now. (laughs) That's all we care about. (laughs) I tried the whole year of 2019 (laughs) and the year prior. We just want to make sure it was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) So what's cool is that it's all of like my favorite hearty winter recipes. So it'll be interesting to see like how it evolves once it like springtime starts to come around and what things I start making then. That's going to um, be a fun, like, little look back. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a seasonal food journal, too. Yes. I'm so glad that you did this. And I'm not even going to say, like, I'm so glad that you did this finally because I think there's always, like, a reason that we hold on certain things or the timing isn't right and for, like, a variety of reasons. So to be able to, like, have this now and have a process that works for you, I yeah. feel like that is just fantastic. So And now I know I'm not motivated by the fact of, like, just writing – the title of a recipe down and then eventually coming back to it because it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's just as important as anything else is knowing what's not motivating. Yeah. We, we now know. Well, anyway. that's exciting. I love that update. I'm really excited. I can't wait to look back. Like, so we should do like a mid-year check-in and see just where, see, see what has evolved yeah. up to that point. We'll see. I love it. All right, Brown, uh, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? So in a past episode... You shared some inspo from Adam Grant. One of my faves. Who is a guest on Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast where he talked about creating a personal user manual for your manager or your teammates. Yes. Or yourself. Yes. Um, And so we love this idea and we wanted to dig into the value behind it, what you might include in something like this, and how to present it to your teammates because it's the start of a new year and, well, at this point... We're like in it, but like the but we kind of like forget about January. <laughs> January is too intense. Like let's 
Start fresh. Let's breathe here. Um, so I, I think uh, we're excited to get into this topic because it's something that I think relates a lot to the work that you've been doing in your master's program. For sure. And to the things that I just find really valuable about building great relationships between teams and managers and people you're working with on a daily basis. Yes. Um, because I think that we should all be inclusive and aware uh, of all the things and people's needs and stuff. For sure. And I think this allows the person who creates it to have as much ownership. Like we, we're not placing all of the responsibility of learning those things about us on the new team or yeah. the manager or something like that. So I always appreciate a thing that gives us ownership because this gives structure to how to have that ownership and not just asking you to like figure out how to have it. So that's the reason I got so jazzed about it is because sometimes we just expect other people to care or ask but but if they don't or assume they know right exactly but we need to like do some of that work so uh i'm super excited about this so let's get into it all right i think we uh tapped on this a smidge but what is the actual value behind this idea of a personal user manual as adam grant has shared with us in Mm -hmm. his wisdom Mm -hmm. um In my head, I think about it as a way to address how you can get the best out of you as an individual. Mm -hmm. And also, here's how I am not super productive or maybe uh, not a dream to work with. (laughs) Here are the things that I need, and this is what I contribute to the team. And I think it really gives you a chance to set the stage for you in a work setting and be able to jump off on the right foot yeah and so it takes the guesswork out of onboarding and getting to know your teammates and um i think it gives people a chance to like have a baseline for you and your work style which sometimes isn't like an automatic like day one or like team environment so like i kind of think about this having value in uh multiple ways like it doesn't you don't have to think about this as like i'll bookmark this for the next time i get a new job it's like no tomorrow think about this and chat with your manager (laughs) exactly no seriously yeah it can happen at any time um i think the value and so the words i'm going to use after i put them down i recognize that this is not always a comfortable place for people to come from Mm -hmm. or nor is it always like a safe place for people to come from so i want to acknowledge that before i say it um but i think value is in transparency, vulnerability, and honesty, while also acknowledging like we all work in different environments where those things might just not be possible for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you said is much more like concrete and more inclusive of how people can utilize this and why it's so valuable. Whereas where I'm coming from is like the benefits of it allow us for allow for us to be this way. Um, And I also recognize like this probably comes with time. (laughs) Those like, because I think about even like myself in certain situations, like it's very hard to be vulnerable. Although doing something like this allows us to share, which is vulnerable, you know? So it's, it's looking at it kind of from a different perspective than maybe the word would outright imply. Yeah. Right. Um, And I think it shows a ton of growth to know yourself well enough to share these things. Um, We all want to work in an environment that's like mature and responsible and all of these like fun things to think about from the outside. They don't always happen on the inside. Again, a thing we know. But I think if we take a second to um, put something like this together, it does show the people around us that like, 
we have experienced growth in whatever work environment we're either coming from or in the work environment that we are in. And we haven't done this before, right? Like, so we haven't done this practice in the past. And if you're remaining in the same work environment, I think it shows the people around you the growth that you've experienced in the time that you've been there and that you're doing a lot of that personal work that allows us to move up in our careers. Um, And I think it also invites those questions, like you talked about, that like allow people to get to know you better, either like within the work environment, but definitely maybe outside of it, because I think a lot of these things can also be applied to like our outside lives as well. Um, And just like what helps us be better or what um, gets in our way of being our best. It just allows for another point of contact and another way to get to know the people around us. Yeah. It's like a your own personal ask me anything. Exactly. Yes. And I think it's like one of those fun icebreakers that like isn't fun for everybody always, but this is like more of a safe bet than getting too personal too quickly. Yeah. And I think also if you frame it in like, this is my work vibe. Yeah. Then it can remain in a safe space and doesn't have to get into like the per- personal intricacies of like who you are and why you're the way that you are. Right. But just like, hey, here's when I'm most productive. Right. <laughs> Super straightforward. <laughs> I'm a morning person or I'm not. <laughs> Very easy things to answer. Super simple baseline things that you, you know, you can elaborate from there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, like who's going to bring you coffee first thing in the morning because they know you're a morning person. Like so many perks can come off of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what should we include in our personal user manual? I think about how not everyone is the same. Uh, good thing praise be to that yeah <laughs> definitely and I think a lot of people work in different ways and I that's like why we're all a successful functioning system within our work environment is because not everybody is the same type of person right and so this user manual of sorts does get at how you work and how you can be productive um, which I think is super valuable to your manager and your coworkers. But it gives you a chance um, to explain some of your unique preferences and quirks to the people you're working with in like a refined way. Yeah. Um, so I think defining some of the things that um, that maybe be that may be unique to you mm-hmm. that at least like get at the function of like, here's how I work best. And answer some questions within that of, like I said before, like, I'm a morning person. Like, are you going to be coming in and, like, coming in hot? Right. Like, are you going to be the person that, like, yells at me first thing in the morning or no? Yeah. Like, I don't like meetings before 11 a.m. I can't avoid that in the work that I do right now. (laughs) So what can I do to improve that process? I just come into work earlier. Right. So you have some, like, downtime before everything gets going. Um, I think that I would add that this could be as detailed as a written doc or uh, and something that you can share with your manager ahead of time or like use as like a baseline in your one-on-ones, but also potentially could be uh, as simple as talking points for a discussion. For sure. Like when you join a team or, you know, just chatting about what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally wouldn't actually like create or design a user manual. We're I feel using... like unless you're an actual designer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but even still. <laughs> and even then it's like. That's a, weird. A variation on your portfolio. <laughs> um, 
but I think we're using user manual in quotations because it's the way that Adam Grant phrased it. And so we're kind of like jumping off, using that as a jumping off point. And it's a strong visual. I feel like it helps like really see what we're actually looking to get out of it. Yeah. Even if it's not like a straight up, like the thing you find in your car user manual. Yeah. Right. Like yes. with a table of contents. Exactly. Right. Maybe maybe you don't need a table of contents. Maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe some of us do. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's it can be about you taking the time to consider what you need to do your job well and how to communicate that with the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. So like whatever it is that fits within that, and we're going to get into like some of the questions that might be helpful as you think about that. Um, but it is important for you to consider like, what are the things that make me unique in a work setting? Mm-hmm. And what would be helpful for someone to know? Right. Like, what do I want someone to know about me that will just make our lives easier? For sure. Totally. I think about when when you ask these questions, I'm like, okay, what, what would I do with that? And I think it has as much to do, like, with my interactions with people like you talk about, but also my environment and yes. being able to add in there what what environment I'm working in best. And it goes back to like, we did a whole episode on productive environments and what that looks like for different people. So I would include that in this. I feel like I would share um, like, what are my best working hours and how you get the most out of meetings, like what a, a structured meeting looks mm-hmm. like for you, like how you're going to walk away feeling like you know what is happening next for after sure. that meeting, how you structure your calendar. I feel like sometimes, like I know you populate your calendar like minute by minute with what you're working on, or at least you used to. Still do. Right. So it's like for someone like me where people need to see when I'm available, I know that's a setting I think I can change. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like this is how this is how I operate throughout the day. This is how I populate my calendar. These are the hours that I'm available that you can add, you know, meetings to. And again, I think like this is one of those things that we need to get more used to asking for what we want and need mm-hmm. because in my mind asking about an environment that would work best for me is actually much harder than sharing like the things that you talk about above, right? Like I think that telling someone like what I need environment wise, like I need a standing desk. I need, you know, not overhead lights to be blaring in my face. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Like asking for those things feels like it almost feels uncomfortable even just to like say it now, even though that for sure contributes to the way that we do our work and the way we interact with people. Um, even if it doesn't always feel like it. So I think those things are maybe a little bit harder to define. But once you think about it, like you say, I'm not a morning person, but I've adjusted because of the work environment. So it's not saying I won't do these things. It's like, because I now need to do these things, this is what I need in response to that. Yeah. And sometimes it's about like preference of like, here's a thing that I know in the past have been helpful for me. Right. Um, it like me and my gym workouts in my last role, I would work out pretty much on the dot at 2 p.m. because I had a very flexible schedule and I worked nights and weekends often. (laughs) And so I would take a midday break and hit the gym. And I started early, worked late. That was my vibe. And I had been in such a routine that I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do now that I have a a job in which I will consistently have meetings during my former gym time? And sometimes it's about, hey, going to the gym is important to me. Right. That's a thing that I need to work into my schedule. 
depending on the workflow that you have, you can adapt accordingly. Right. So it was like, here's something that's important to me and also makes me a productive worker. Mm-hmm. It needs to fit somewhere. Right. Right. We can adjust accordingly. And I did. I And I think it's reminding yourself that, like, you are an asset to your work environment. Like, if you're bringing good work to the table, like, yes, I mean, yes, the, the team might be um, – like you might be lucky to have gotten the job or you've worked really hard for the job and now you feel like you're indebted to this this place and you break everything you actually need to do the work they hired you to do instead of speaking up for yourself. I think sometimes we get into this mode where we're like, I'm I'm so thankful that I'm going to like flip my schedule or like bend over backwards to make sure they have what they need. But of course they're going to keep asking for things if you have not at any point said that you need a change or that doesn't work for you or like a certain time frame isn't going to like jive with your schedule. Like how would they ever know? <laughs> so like right. speaking up about all of these things, but I think especially environment stuff really should be added to that list of things you think about when it comes to the user manual, because I think it all flows together at some point. So valuable. That's that's my thoughts. And so we want to talk through a little bit about when to use it and some of the things to consider as it relates to that. Yes. Um, I think it's so helpful to consider this for new hire onboarding mm-hmm. and whether it's you starting a new job, joining a new team, or preparing for new team members to join your team. Yep. Um, I have a, a lovely little anecdote. Um, I was in a role where I moved teams pretty often. Yeah. And after my fifth new manager, I was like, okay. Eh. I gotta switch things up here. <laughs> I'm not feeling super great right now. And at this point, like it, it was just the nature of the work, and right. it, it's totally fine. And it didn't upset my flow. It's just when you're when you realize, like, oh wow, I'm going to go through this thing again. What went well last time? What didn't go well last time? Mm-hmm. Or what can be the most helpful to the scenario? And I was like, I'm I'm pretty solid on the way because as you as I say, you know, five. This is my fifth new manager. I was probably in my fourth year working mm, in this company. Right. And so I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to create a doc that talks through my process and work style to share with my new manager so that I could communicate to her about basically like what she's walking into. Mm-hmm. And so it was especially helpful in this particular situation because my manager was someone who was leading a remote team of people who were all doing the same job in different cities, mm-hmm. but we're all different people. And, and we, we came at it differently. Yeah, so yeah. we all approached the role in different ways, and I wanted to ensure that I was super clear with her about here's the best way that you can support me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're doing this for up to 10 other people. Jeez, um. Here's here's my vibe. Yeah. Here's what, here's what you're working with uh, when we talk on a, a weekly basis. And, and then some. And so it, it ended up proving to be a very seamless transition and helped us very quickly get into the right working style for our personalities too. Because that's mm-hmm. the other thing is like you're working with different personalities, different work styles, people who have creative like brains or yep. their brains work differently than you. And so thinking about how you can shape this document or these talking points about yourself helps make that process kind of mesh yeah more seamlessly absolutely and so i took that format and implemented a few of these core questions into my growth planning in the role that i have now Mm. 
So which smart. include, what do you see as my core strengths? How can we amplify them on current projects for the future? What do you see as areas my areas for improvement? And how can we work around or map solutions to develop these weaker areas? And then what can I do to better support the development of the team through my work? And I think it's helpful to answer these questions for yourself first yeah. before presenting them to your manager. Um, and this is just like a super simple baseline. Outside of this is also like, you know, the stuff we talked about earlier of like, I'm a morning person. I need to go to the gym to feel productive. Um, sometimes I take an afternoon walk to like get my blood juices flowing. Right. I love coffee, but water is best. Yeah. <laughs> There's easy stuff. I'm a plant. Um, but I think it's really uh, interesting to kind of see what types of insights come out of this and having it be a fluid conversation of like, here's how I see myself in the workplace. How do you see me in the workplace? And what kind of things do you need to consider about just like, you know, are you a collaborative person? Mm -hmm. What's your work style? When are you most productive? How do you block your calendar? There's so many questions that you can kind of get started from as a baseline in the creation of said document. Absolutely. And we'll share this. I feel like we can share this as maybe like a PDF or something just to get people started. Yeah. You think? Getting started doc. Yeah. And I think like I've used these and you help me, you help me put these together for myself for a conversation I need to have. And also just refined, not refine my answers, but just help me think about like what the goal of the conversation was differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. Part of all of this is not just like getting the questions answering and answering themselves, answering them yourself, but also like, what is the goal of that conversation supposed to be? You know, when you think about when I hand someone my user manual, what am I actually asking them for? Or what do I want at the end of it? I want them to better understand me. I want them to, I want to hear what their, you know, what their answers to those questions are. Um, But that gives you kind of a place to start from. So it doesn't like feel out of nowhere and feel floundery, but there's like a concrete goal and and thought process in mind behind it. Because I think the more you think about it, it's like, Sometimes it can feel a little presumptuous to like share that with someone, but you're like, no, I'm doing it because I think that we all deserve to understand this about each other. And I want us to have a really solid team. And I think this is a way that we can get to that solid team. Well, yeah. And also think about how so many people have different work scenarios, like situations set up where right. it's like, if you have a coworker who has kids and they're leaving work every day at 4 p.m., but they've given you no context for why they're leaving work at 4 p.m. Right. And they came in at 10, you're like, literally, what are you doing? Are you doing any work? Right. And it's like, hey, just so you're aware, I drop my kids off at daycare and pick them up. So I start my day at 6 a.m. and go through emails and like, here's what I do at the start of the day. Then I have kid time drop them off at daycare, go into work, leave work early to pick them up, and then jump back on around the the post-kid bedtime hour. Right, right. But having your team members know that about you gets rid of any, I mean, there might still be resentment, but at least there's context. (laughs) You know, I feel like so much more resentment happens when you have no idea why things seem imbalanced. And also a known example of someone communicated their needs and someone else listened. Yes. Yeah. And it, and allowed them to have that flexibility. Absolutely. I think um something that I like to consider too in this context is imagine if tomorrow was your first day working with you 
Mm. What information about your personality would help others work with you more effectively? Love that. And I think that's a hard practice. If we've never thought about that, if you've never taken time to think about that, about yourself This is also an exercise in self-reflection. Seriously. I mean, in self-care, I would think, too. Like, in in an, an opportunity to have maybe a hard conversation with yourself to say like, oh gosh, what do I actually need? I have no idea what I need. Does somebody else know what I need? (laughs) And and that can be kind of like a a shock to your system to start to ask yourself those questions, but in a way that I would think is kind of totally necessary. Yeah, this may end up being an eye-opening exercise for some people. It could be. I like it. Turning a new page. Yes. Um... So when can we use this? I think about carving out time in your larger team meetings or department meetings might be a fun way to bring these to the table and remind your team that you value the answers to these questions. So, you know, it doesn't have to mean that like you share it with everyone or it's just like a thought you put out there as because we've done um, on the team I work on, we do these uh sometimes monthly lunches where somebody has to like come up with a thing Mm -hmm. to like theme the lunch and so i feel like something like this if you don't want it to get like too heavy or something like that you know picking your questions wisely but then like giving people an opportunity to think about them in that larger team setting and either if people want to share or like take them back to your team and say you know like in a week let us know what you come up with that you're comfortable sharing. So I feel like it can be useful in that kind of a situation as well. Agreed. Yeah. Um, If your team or the organization are pivoting their focus or changing goals and you haven't done this before, I feel like this is something that can be really helpful Mm. in Mm -hmm. this process because not even changing teams, but sometimes when our goals shift, we get a little antsy and it's really easy to like, we talked about in the in the past, like get into the weeds and not know when to look up or remember that there are other people around us that like need us in different ways, depending on the change of goal. Um, so really understanding like what these questions are asking, what those answers are, how it pertains to that change of goal or how it's like working with the pivot that you had to make. I think this is like kind of a come back together moment to say like, we're still on the same team. We are still relying on each other. We still have each other's backs. Um, And these questions will help us better understand how to be there for each other in this changing environment. Yeah. You know, like leadership changes, major leadership changes. Um, Like if the organization is going in a new direction or your, your project that you've been working on, like totally gets overhauled or something that's like a shock to the team. um, I think something like this can be like a team building exercise almost. I love that. Yeah. Um, I also think that I would suggest revisiting this on an annual basis. 100% right? agree. Like with everything that we talk about, reflection is king. And um, being able to write these down, see them, feel them, share them, whatever works, know that like those things can and will shift. You know, like you talk about families. If you get a family in the year since your last review, a lot of these things might change and the way that you need things might change and what you're able to contribute might change. Um, And so I would even argue making this part of your like annual performance review and having that be part of the conversation. Um, But I really 
like, I feel like that is a very useful place for this to come up the first time. And if you're the one presenting it like to your manager, just saying like, I look forward to like revisiting these next year to see if something shifts or if we need to add or take something away. Um, And just like reminding that these are suggestions and not make or breaks, Mm -hmm. but there's an opportunity. I mean, and think about on a yearly basis, we like to talk about like negotiating our pay, right? If pay negotiation isn't in the cards, having these ready to go as part of that negotiation conversation is, I think, like we've talked about in the past, just as valuable as pay in some respects as our work environment, what we're able to do, what we need to be successful. Make these part of your negotiation conversation and um, use them wisely and do the homework that is needed to be prepared for, for something like this. Um, but I think these can absolutely be part of that conversation. Yeah, I think uh, I love the idea of revisiting because Mm -hmm. you evolve over time and I think it's totally reasonable and expected that some things will shift and change and your work environment may change there's so many things to consider and so it it only makes it more valuable to you and your team to to think about these things and kind of have it live in a space where it's like it kind of couples with your growth plan yes and I think it's important to recognize I was just thinking about this that you can do this if you're a team of two. Like I think about us mm-hmm. and how we would both benefit from, and we know these things about each other, but like. And I feel like we even kind of like naturally had the conversation when we started. I I totally agree. I think that we figured out like what was going to work really early on, honestly, like, and we're able to be like transparent and vulnerable and all of those things um, without having it be in this format. But the conversation happened and it really helped us be better. It really helped yeah. us understand where the other one was coming from and, and how we would be successful. Um, but I think even like if you're a solopreneur, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Someone who's like total freelance, whatever it is, I think that being prepared to have these conversations with clients is totally appropriate. Yes. You know, like it doesn't have to just be you as part of a team, you as a manager, you talking to a manager um, as part of a team of like five, 10, whatever. It can be super small, small teams, or it can be two person teams. It can be one and sh- and sharing them with the people that you work with on a case by case. Um I think these are super useful in a lot of different situations. It doesn't just have to be that large group mentality. Love it. Yeah, I love this. You, I mean, you saw me. I got like teary-eyed when we talked about this the first time because I think it's such a valuable thing to think about and, and, it, it, and it gives us a chance to dig into who we are and what we need. And I always think that's super valuable. I love it. And we will continue this conversation because I think it will be interesting to hear from all of you how you might be implementing this quote-unquote user manual in your own life. Yes. Hit us up on Instagram at queen underscore speaking. Shall we break? Let's break.